Vacation starts with VA. Whether you're feeling beachy, mountainy, or every E in between, you'll find all that you love all in one trip to Virginia. Start yours at virginia.org. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. G'day everyone, welcome back to the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. I tell you what, 2022 is upon us and with us our first guest, the fantastic Aaron Summers. Aaron, welcome to the show, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you. I know we are in it, 2022. It's You'd think that we'd be further along than we are, but we're still dealing with a lot of the same things that we dealt with in 2021 and the end of 2020. Um, and it's definitely, it's been a, an eventful ride in the NBA this season because of some of that still, but happy to be here. So thank you for having me on. No, it's a uh, pleasure's all mine. And yeah, you're absolutely right. It feels like we're just sort of going through the motions, but uh, two two and a half years into the, the pandemic and doesn't seem to be slowing up anytime soon. So we'll uh, touch wood that we sort of sort that out sooner rather than later, because um, I'm telling you what, I'm ready to come back to the States and have a look around, but um, it's been, been a little while since we've been able to travel, particularly out of Australia. They've uh, closed all the borders. So we're, we're locked in, but um, that, that's all right. I suppose that's how it goes. Um, the Pels, might as well start there. Yeah. Oh. What a year, I suppose. What did we start? Three and 16, um, all of a sudden start fighting back. What are your takes on the on the Pelicans overall, overarching, I suppose, to start off high level? Yeah, I, I think coming into the season, what we thought would be the case would is very different than where we're at now for a multitude of reasons um, because of some of the injuries, because of personnel, people that are able to play or not able to. Um, and the way that this team has stuck with it and continued to play together and continue to improve, uh, it's fun to cover the team. It's fun to watch them. It's like, I always say, I'm like, oh, it's like my, it's my family because I'm here with them every day. And it's, it, it feels so good to see somebody that you know, you, you care for and think of continuing to improve and do well. Um, I, I, just, I, I can't say enough about the job that coach green has done because of the way that the season started. Uh, you see it in practice. You see the way that he talks to the team, you see the points that he's trying to drive home and you, then you see it actually play out in a game and it's really cool to actually see the whole process unfold and the way that you mentioned they started three and 16 and now they have their over 500 since then um it's it's 
in some ways unfortunate that they had to start that way, but I think that it speaks well for the future of the franchise and what they've been able to do since. Oh, to be able to respond um, how they have after such a, a tough start with the injuries and like you said, the expectations coming in were, all right, we're, we're going for it this year. We're, we're going to the playoffs. And yeah, I think the fan base was um, all putting the chips into the middle and saying, yeah, we're going to do it. We've made some good moves. And, you know, it all started with media day, I suppose, where we, we found out about Zion's foot. And from there, yeah, uh, yeah we, well, we had Brandon's hip. And then, oh, gosh, it was one thing after another. COVID decided to decimate the team. And <laughs> it's one thing after another. And, and every team had to adjust. I mean, it, it wasn't just us, but... Um, yeah, I suppose the trajectory changed to the team as soon as we found out the Zion was out. Um, but again, there was still that positivity. We still had one all-star, a fringe one, I suppose, in Jonas as well, who's been playing out of his skin. Um, you get to see the team up close, like you said, every day, the, your family, as you said. Um, the positivity during that stretch, the three and 16 stretch, what was that like? Was it still upbeat? Everyone talks about this, this upbeat mentality. Was it really like that? You go into practice and the team is, they're having fun and they're playing little like games with each other. You know, they're going at it one-on-one for a while. It was, it was Brandon Ingram and, Billy Aaron and Gomez, you know, that they would face off against each other. And Brandon would try to, uh, you know, would try to score on him and Billy would try to, to limit his ability to do so. And now you see that it's Brandon and like Jose Alvarado. It, and it's just so funny to see these little relationships develop where they're, you know, they're having fun. They're having their little mini competitions before practice. They're all on the court playing, trying to improve. Um, they're playing music. They're, they're yelling and chanting during practices because they, every practice, they do like a three point competition and half the team breaks up into one side and the other team, you know, they're going to around the horn and, and trying to get a certain number of uh, three-point shots made. And, you know, they, they're just having so much fun, like working together and playing together. And you saw it through the three and 16 stretch that they were still enjoying being there and showing up and putting in the work. And it's, it kind of is even at a higher level now that the work is, is showing on the, on the court and it's, um, it's fun to see them really enjoy that aspect of it. I mean, we've heard from Josh Hart and the way that he felt last year with the team and how it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun coming to practice. It wasn't fun outside of practice. And guys weren't coming in on their off time and putting in more work and and doing things because it, it was just not – the game wasn't enjoyable. Um so when you can develop that kind of culture where it's fun to come in and do the work, then people are going to voluntarily come in and, and do more of it. And um, yeah, I mean, all the guys have said that it's not just practice. It's not just that shoot around, but you know, they're, they're getting in extra time at the gym because they're having fun playing together. Um, and so I think that's a big part of it. Uh, Willie Green's very even keel. He's like, kind of the same all the time he's like yeah you know I like to to be positive I like to be uplifting and I believe in this and I believe that it's going to turn around um 
And, and a lot of coaches will say that, right. You know, that you'll hear that from people, but to actually see it pay off, has been really cool. And on coach green, you see some moments in there of just pure elation when he sees guys mm-hmm. succeed, you know, Brandon Ingram has been criticized throughout the journey for not being able to hit shots down the stretch hits that game winner, which all of a sudden people are just gone ballistic. Yeah. You know, it was like a, a, almost a moment that he's arrived and you see, there was a clip of, of coach green who just hit these, well, he just clenched his fist. He was just elated after that yeah. um, shot. And to have a coach that is so invested in the players, you know, this is a workplace at the end of the day, you come in, you, you check in, you check out. There's probably not as much obligation to do anything more than any other workplace. But if you enjoy the, the, um, the culture and, and the workplace and the people you work with, you want to spend more time there. And, and to see that as opposed to last year where you had all the COVID restrictions and you had, what was that, 14-day road trip or something that sounded like absolute torture sitting in hotel rooms because you couldn't catch up with one another or, or practice or anything. It was in and out and, um, and otherwise pretty unsuccessful year again. But um, yeah. great change in the culture and you can see it and you can see it coming through. Um, mm-hmm. Is that driven from the top? I mean, you can see it from, from uh, coach Willie and, and the leaders of the team, I suppose it's Josh and Brandon, those guys drive that sort of mentality as well. Yeah. And you know, it, so obviously the NBA is a little bit different for college than college. You know, mm-hmm. I think the head coach has more of a say in the players and the recruiting process and what we're doing here and when you take over a program at any level, you, you kind of are handed who you're, you have. Um, and, you know, Willie, I think he took the job, you know, midsummer, and he, this is your team. Uh, you know, David Griffin, Trajan Langdon, whoever it is that kind of put it together, um, that's kind of what you have to work with. And Willie has done a very good job of taking what he has and maximizing each person's potential. And he saw what, you know, Josh Hart could be and what he, and Josh has been, he's playing the best basketball of his career this year um, because he's had that freedom and he's had the faith from somebody in his abilities. And he's been given the, the, the chance to kind of lean into that and his, just athleticism and his like ability as a basketball player, you know, coach green has put all the faith in him and said, I think you can be X, Y, Z and go out and do that. And Josh is really, uh, he's really thrived in that. Um, and we're seeing it with Brandon too. And there's been multiple occasions where you see after practice you know, Brandon and, and Willie talking together and having these conversations about what Willie thinks the team can do and what he thinks Brandon can do. And Brandon's telling, you know, coach green, like his thoughts and they, they come to a place together on and how that can look and what that can be on the court. So it's really like this really cool, like collaborative approach that coach green has had with his players. Um, And I think that that's making them be as good as they can be because he's 
you know, showing the faith in them and, you know, they've gotten to this level, they're playing in the NBA, they're getting their paycheck and it must be for a reason. And so he's kind of giving them, giving them that credit and it's translating really well on the court. Um, So I think that that's part of it is Willie Green's approach and, you know, he is his first year coach and people invested in him and, what they think that he can be. And so he's kind of paying that back to his players. Um, so it's a really cool relationship that they've all kind of developed. And you, and you can see, you know, you can see the boy and even these guys that aren't playing, you can see them, they're still up and about, um, still getting involved. And it doesn't seem to be any, you know, discontent or anything like that amongst mm-hmm. the team where I, I think if, if you're not playing and, you know, like you said, these guys are all NBA players. They're there for a reason. That's, to play basketball if, if you're not getting on the courts it must be tough but you still see these upbeat natures right down the roster guys staying ready jose who's just playing out of his mm-hmm. mind at the moment which was fantastic little uh revelation uh, with him getting some minutes Najee marshall last year had a quite a big role towards the end of the year it's disappeared this year um but you still see these guys carrying on and mucking around and getting around everyone else and and that's yeah. so important for team morale is, and that does that just resonate through the whole organization? I mean, you're, you're a part of it. Just when the team's happier, is, is the rest of the organization happier? Yeah. And you saw it in media day, um, you know, David Griffin, very, you know, positive, very you know, complimentary of the team and coach green and what he thinks this franchise can be. And at that point, you know, it's kind of like, all right, well, we don't really know what we have. And, you know, all these people can say all of these things about what they think Coach Green can do, but to actually see it play out the way that it has, especially with, um, you know, Zion not being on the court. I mean, that changes your team so much and the offense that you're able to run and the attention that other players are getting or aren't getting on the court, you know, from the, a defensive perspective. And, for them to be able to navigate through that, it's been really, it's been really cool. It's been fun. You want this team to win. You want this team to do well because you see the work that they're putting in. You see their approach, and it's hard not to cheer for them. It would be a lot different if you had somebody like Zion Williamson on the court. Absolutely, and I think that that makes you want it even more for them because you know how hard they're they're trying and what they're working through and still having you know the success that they're having um i wish from a a more national perspective people could see that and understand that i i know fans that are watching and listening and um follow the pelicans can see that and appreciate that it's it's kind of what we went through with the saints this year too i mean they had so many injuries and so many things that each week it was like gosh what are we even doing here? Like how much worse can it get? Um, I think they got all their bad luck out in one season. I, I, I hope because I can't imagine it getting worse than that. (laughs) And you were just impressed with what they were still able to do and the way that they stayed stuck together and they put in the work and they gave it their best every, every week. So we're seeing it with the Pelicans too. And if we can, kind of figure out uh, a little bit about the injury situation on both teams uh, going forward, then 
I mean, you might even have a better product than what we're seeing now because the, the culture is, is there, it's ingrained in the work ethic and the positivity. And we're going to, we're going to play through and we're going to give it our best, no matter what um, that's there. And I think that's huge for, for any team. Yeah. I mean, watching the guys not quit. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get down 30, uh, what was that the other day down 30 and fought all the way back. It didn't matter. I mean, they got mm-hmm. getting, I don't even remember who they were playing, but um, yeah, they got, Got in a bit of a hole oh, against the Nets, and um, yeah. you know, continued to fight back. Obviously, Kevin Durant goes down, but um, you know, they they just didn't give up. It's so easy to just say, "No, nah, all right, well, this tonight's on a night. We'll, we'll give it away. We'll we'll come back next game yeah. and, and try again." You know, but instead, they just keep fighting and, and drag it back to something respectable. And you know, the, I I agree with you. And, nationally it's so difficult because you hear these outside perspectives that just don't watch every game don't listen yeah. to all of the stuff aren't involved in the team and they're just like not nah, write them off they're terrible and you're they're it's really so close easy. yeah it's so <laughs> easy to look at a team and say oh you know your only all-star is brandon ingram they're not they don't have zion like this mm-hmm. this team here's their record and this is and assume what's going on from an outside right. perspective and it's unfortunate, you know, I wish that people could see the fight and could see how much they are really behind what Willie Green's trying to do here, because it's, it, it's, I don't know, it's, like I said, it's hard not to cheer for them. Uh, and I, and maybe some of the people that are like on NBA TV and uh, TNT or whatever it is, <laughs> it would be nice for them to be able to see that too. Yeah, well, they don't get to. They keep taking our national games away, but uh, <laughs> that's all right. Uh, that's star get... power or lack of it, I guess, is the problem. <laughs> I mean, it means we get the star power in the broadcast, though. With the, yeah. You know, it's still there. So, you know, that's what we're um, – I mean, I don't mind listening to you guys on the uh, on the call anyway, so I actually prefer yeah. it because at least they're not talking about it. So, <laughs> watch the games. But, yeah, I mean, um, I'm not going to complain about being able to do more games. Uh, yeah. It's it's always fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, speaking of getting into the broadcast, your journey. I mean, yeah. we, pro- we dove probably so quickly into the Pelicans. I was just chomping at the bit for it. It's been a day since I spoke about them. I haven't watched them today. So, you know, I was into it. But your journey is spectacular. You've, you've been all over the country you've been multiple different sports can you just explain how you got to this position in in New Orleans I annoyed a lot of people and asked a lot of questions is how I got to where I'm at um I I went I'm from North Carolina I went to school at UNC uh I studied you know broadcast journalism I always wanted to be in this field and I realized at a, a pretty young age that I'm not the most athletic and I, I can't get off the ground. So playing the sport wasn't going to be <laughs> my avenue to staying in it. Uh, so covering it was kind of what I started to do instead. And I got a, a great uh, opportunity at UNC to be around, you know, a, a basketball program like uh, the, the Tar Heels and won some national championships while I was there and just fell in love with basketball. And I'd always been like a football person Um, growing up. That's what we always watched. I don't know. Australia, do you guys, is it American football? Is it, 
is that what we we just go American football grid on NFL yeah Yeah. (laughs) so that's what I I fell in love with uh yeah the NFL and, and college football but kind of started getting pulled into the basketball world because I grew up in ACC territory and it's huge there so I got the opportunity after school to work for a TV station in the area and cover some of those those programs in UNC and Duke and NC State and Wake Forest and um, loved it. I worked for a local TV station for five years and then went freelance and wanted to be you know, more a part of like the live game production aspect of it and try to do the sideline reporting and hosting. And so went into that and after COVID or during COVID and how the up and down nature of it and not being able to work as much as I wanted to because games were getting canceled and sideline reporters weren't being used. Um, I started looking into, you know, trying to get into the professional level of sports and emailed everybody that I could find their email address and started asking if they needed a reporter and the saints, uh, they responded and said that they were, they were looking and to check back in a couple months and see where they were at with their, did the job opening and everything. And so I did. And two weeks later I was in New Orleans and I had a job and it was crazy. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, it's yeah. all about persistence, isn't it? You know, you know, that's how you yeah. get there. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and now, so in, in terms of your time split, do you spend 50, 50 Pelicans saints or how is it allocated in that? Um, well, when I first got to New Orleans, it was mid-August and they were already underway with training camp and everything that was happening. And so I was kind of thrown into the Saints um, immediately and the Pelicans season hadn't quite gotten started. Um, so I kind of started off with the Saints. And then once this Pelican season started getting going, then it, yeah, it's been 50-50. You know, I work, it's a little different because there's more Pelicans games, but I, I work every game um, for both franchises and do stuff leading up to the game for the saints during the week, um, you know, do their pre and post game show for their games for digital on new Orleans saints.com. And then yeah, at every Pelicans game and, and practice and shoot around I go to. So I'm kind of stretched uh, <laughs> between the two, but it's been a lot of fun and I love it. I love the opportunity and the ability to cover two professional teams. Uh, I've been very lucky in that, that regard because you know, the, the Saints, their season's done. And, and while I do have to do the Saints podcast and still cover the team, um, it would not be as much fun if I still didn't have games to go to. And, and I do have that in the Pelicans. So I'm very lucky. That sounds hectic. <laughs> that would have been full, well, it sounds <laughs> full on. And I appreciate you being able to, to squeeze us in to, to jump on here and have a chat. It's been, um, been fantastic. Um, the Saints, you mentioned them earlier. Um, their bad luck. Mm-hmm. what was it hit by a hurricane straight away yes. relocated to start injury 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 COVID yeah. injury um really was the perfect storm wasn't it um disappointing end of the season I think it was um not being able to control your own fate I suppose at the end was a bit tough but um right the way that the team started despite all of the circumstances, despite having to get relocated, despite having to play your first home game as a home game in Jacksonville, um, and then come into the Dallas area to have to practice because of the hurricane. 
And even before the season started, we had the injuries with, you know, Michael Thomas and Will Lutz and, and big people that have a huge effect on the game and, and how things can transpire. Um, they still started really well and beat a really tough green Bay team off the bat. That's Um, and then, you know, Jameis Winston gets hurt and you have this stretch where you you lose five games in a row. Oh, it was hard because we've talked, we've talked about it. They were doing the best that they could with what they had. And there's a big difference between a starting NFL player and somebody that's on your practice squad. And they all have their roles and they're all very important to a team, but there's a difference. And the fact that the saints had to go out there this year with, I think it was 57, 58 different starters this season is an NFL record. And we're able to then win out as a season after that five game losing streak, come back and much thanks to the defense um, and on another, you know, winning stretch, it was really impressive and just wasn't quite enough in the end. And that's what is hard is because, you know, the team, the defense was doing so well, despite all the injuries, especially on the offensive side um, and to not be able to get rewarded with the postseason was tough. And I saw everybody, you know, the, this past weekend, the games were quite lopsided and everybody's saying, you know, the saints would have been done better. The saints would have performed better. This, this would have been a better game if the saints were in it. And it's like, you wish that they had that opportunity. Yeah. I mean, they can still give a Super Bowl if they want, like, that's fine. <laughs> <We'll take it. laughs> um, yeah. I mean, to battle up against, you know, battle back after so much adversity is a real testament. I think the defense was just, unbelievable yeah. all year that um the shutout on tom brady uh and the buccaneers was just oh that was yeah crisp. he took that really well he really <laughs> did <laughs> yeah well besides the little little spray he gave and then afterwards he he um he seemed to take it a bit on the chin but yeah that was that was much sweeter i got to watch that one watch that one live we don't get many games broadcast down here um only oh, probably two a weekend so you can't really like overall the whole NFL. So it makes it tough when the Saints are on, I get to watch it, but otherwise yeah. you can miss a fair few of them. But um, oh, what are we at? We're about midway through. We'll jump out to the Pelicans. I know I've been jumping around. Um, Pelicans, middle of the season, just passed. What are your predictions for the um, the Pelicans going towards the end of the year, I guess? Are we making that 10th spot? Please say Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes, absolutely. I work for the team. So we're always, we're always looking at the positive side here. No, they are fighting for that. That's, I mean, that's where we're at right now with this team and what their capabilities are because of the way that things started, they are fighting for that 10th play in spot. And I, again, I don't want to be sitting at the end of the season, the way things were with the saints, hoping that it was going to turn out that way but they're doing everything that they can to solidify that spot. And I can't believe with the way that things started, you know, people are saying that it's kind of, yeah, they are the best team right now um, to take that spot. You know, they, they're playing the best basketball over the past month that 
out of any of the teams that yeah. are vying for that, that spot. And you just hope that in the end it is enough and they're able to play for that opportunity because the team I think is just going to continue to get better as you know, time goes on. So then that's what you want. You want your team playing the best basketball at that point in the season. And I really think that this team is going to continue to, to work towards that. Um, so hopefully, hopefully we can talk again when we get close to the, the, the playoffs and the play in spots and, and see where this team is. But yeah, I think we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so too. I, I'm, yeah, I'm positive. I'm positive of this, of this team and I'm invested and I've watched every single minute of every game and um, yeah, I'll be watching the rest as well because this, I don't know why, but they, like you said, they're very, very easy to cheer for. And um, yeah. when you win what that 60, 64 foot heave and the game winners and oh, it's been exciting this year. It really it has. has been. Um, Aaron, thank you very much for taking the time to have a chat with us. It's been absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah. I really appreciate you. I know really the time difference time. is tough, but happy to do it anytime that I can, that we can figure this out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, we managed it. That's yeah, it's fine. It's um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's always good. And, you know, being on the other side of the world makes it a little bit tricky sometimes, but we make it work. And um, cause then we get to, we get to chat, which is great. Um, yeah. Do you have anything that you would like to plug or uh, anywhere we can find you or anything else that you'd like to shout out? Yeah. I mean, just keep following the Pelicans, you know, I love it. Uh, we're trying to get Brandon Ingram into the all-star, you know, Both event fine. here in a couple of weeks and uh, we're going to be in Cleveland. So keep voting for him and hashtagging and doing everything that we need to do on Twitter to get him there. Cause I, I think he's more than deserving. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Thank you once again. Um, we'll have to chat soon. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. Thanks very much for Aaron for joining us on the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. It was always fantastic to have uh, such an extraordinary guest uh, that close to the team coming and chatting uh, to us about, I don't know, their journey and um, and the Pelicans, of course. Always really, really awesome to hear from from people that are close to the team. Now, before we wrap up, I will thank the sponsors, mybookie.ag. Use the code HOOPBALL on the third page, and that'll give you a deposit match. Uh, We know the code for manscaped.com. That's HOOPBALL20, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0 at checkout. 20% off free shipping. Remember, use the code ETHOS at thrivefantasy.com, our daily fantasy partner, and uh, go and follow Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. That is the most comprehensive uh, Twitter page that you can follow in terms of making sure you're ahead of the, the curve when you're playing fantasy, particularly in this January stretch as we head into playoffs or just before. If you're making a bit of a last-minute playoff push, make sure you're following them because they will help you win. I'll tell you what, they're helping me at the minute. So, I'm going to wrap up with that. Thanks again to Aaron for joining us. It was fantastic to chat to her and uh, look after yourselves and um, bye for now. <laughs>